the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Our sin can deceive us and make us believe that we can live a lifestyle of sin and it's okay as long as we still go to church or we still have these religious activities or these religious things. And really what the Bible tells us is what we need to do is we need to repent of our sins. We can't just cover our sin with religious activity. In the way that Adam and Eve tried to cover their nakedness by sewing fig leaves together, we can sew kind of these religious fig leaves together and think that we've covered our sin. Often people are under the impression that they can live a certain way, and that will guarantee their spot in heaven. But do you really believe you can do something that no one else has ever done before? Today, Pastor Dan reminds us that it's nothing we do but it's God's grace and the fact that He died on the cross for your sins. Don't fool yourself into thinking you can earn your way into heaven. There is one way and one way only, and that path has been opened to you by the blood spilled at the cross. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah chapter 26 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Just as a reminder, Jeremiah is not written in chronological order. It jumps around a bit. And so now in chapter 26, we jump back to when Jehoiakim was king over Judah. Jehoiakim was one of Josiah's sons. Josiah, remember, was the last good king or the last godly king of the kingdom of Judah. Jehoiakim became king in about 609 B.C., So about four years after the first Babylonian invasion, verse 1 says, in the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, so that puts us at 609 BC, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, the word came from the Lord saying, thus says the Lord, stand in the court of the Lord's house, the temple, and speak to all the cities of Judah which come to worship in the Lord's house. All the words that I command you to speak to them, do not diminish a word. Perhaps everyone will listen and turn from his evil way that I may relent concerning the calamity which I purpose to bring on them because of the evil of their doings. And so the Lord here told Jeremiah to go to the temple in Jerusalem Stand in the courts of the temple and make this announcement to all of the people that have come there to worship from all the cities of Judah. Maybe it's one of the feasts, 
like the Feast of Passover or Pentecost or Tabernacles, but there are people there from all over Judah in the temple. And Jeremiah is to declare the word of the Lord to them. And so this is a message to people that are worshiping in the temple. This is a message to religious people. It's interesting to note here that the people of Judah continue to go to the temple to worship, even though they have given themselves over to idolatry. They're given over to worshiping idols, and yet they're still going to the temple to worship. They didn't Uh, They didn't completely abandon Yahweh, at least not in their minds. They actually thought that they could worship their idols and live a lifestyle of sin and engage in all of the immorality that went along with worshiping those idols. And as long as they still continued to go to the temple, then it was okay. You know, the Bible talks about how our sin can deceive us. And for these people, they thought that they could live however they wanted over here, and as long as they went to the temple and kept the feasts and still had these religious activities in their life, they would be okay. Remember in Isaiah, God said that these people worship me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And God's more concerned with our heart than what we say with our lips, right? He wants a relationship. He wants our heart. He doesn't have the people's hearts but he ha- they have this outward religious hypocrisy going on. And again, our, our sin can deceive us and make us believe that we can live a lifestyle of sin and it's okay as long as we still go to church or we still have these religious activities or these religious things. And really what the Bible tells us is what we need to do is we need to repent of our sins. We can't just cover our sin with religious activity. In the way that Adam and Eve tried to cover their nakedness by sewing fig leaves together, we can sew kind of these religious fig leaves together and think that we've covered our sin. When really what we need to do is repent of our sin. Turn from our sin. And that's what he says here in verse 3. He says, perhaps they will listen and turn from their evil ways. That's, that's describing repentance. Maybe they'll repent, God says. Now, in 1 John, it says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. Listen to me. It's automatic with the Lord. If you confess your sins, you walk in the light with him, just confess your sins to him. He'll forgive you. And he'll cleanse you of your sin. And that's what they need. They need repentance. They need confession. They need to just walk in the light with these things. Notice in verse 2, the Lord tells Jeremiah, look what he says here, speak all the words that I command you to speak. Do not diminish a word. Now, why does the Lord tell Jeremiah to not diminish a word? Because Jeremiah has a hard message for the people. It's a message they're not going to like. And he may be tempted to edit the message a little bit. He may be tempted to omit some things that God tells him to say because they're difficult things to say. Now, the word diminish here, it means to hold back or to omit. And when Jeremiah sees that crowd there in the temple, he may be tempted to hold back on God's word and not declare fully all that God has said to these people. And I think this is a this is an important word for us. 
It's an important word for us, especially for those of us who, who teach the word, whether you're teaching from a pulpit or you're teaching in a children's ministry or, or in your home or you're sharing the word with people. Don't diminish the word of God. Don't diminish the word of God. E- even the difficult passages, even the uncomfortable passages, e- even if they might offend people, don't diminish the word of God. That's an important question to ask when you're looking at a pastor or a ministry or a church. If you're searching for a church, ask the question, do they diminish the word of God? You know, Webster's Dictionary gives kind of a different definition for this word diminish. Webster's Dictionary says it means to make it seem smaller or less important. So again, when you're looking at a pastor or listening to a ministry on the radio or on television or on the internet, look at how they handle the Word of God. What do they do with the Word of God? What's the value they place on the Word of God? Do they exalt the Word of God or or do they diminish the Word of God? Do they make it seem less important than it is? Uh, Years ago, my family, we were on vacation. uh, And while we were on vacation, we went to church over the Sunday that we were on vacation. I've shared this story before, but we visited this church, and the pastor got up, he read a passage of Scripture, and then he never went back to it for the rest of the sermon. He never went back to it. He told stories, he showed pictures of his wife and kids, he had all these illustrations, but he never went back to the text of the Scripture. And when we left, we're driving away and One of my sons at that time was about five years old, and he sat in the service with us, and so he heard the sermon as well. And my son said to me, why was that pastor afraid of the Bible? That's pretty perceptive for a kid, right? And I asked him, what do you mean? And he said, well, he read from it at the beginning, but then he never read from it again. He diminished the word of God. He diminished the word of God in his preaching. Jeremiah was commanded to give the people the entire message, every word, don't hold anything back, don't edit it, tell them everything. Even though it might be uh, unpopular, just tell them everything God tells you to say. And this, this reminds us of what Paul says to Timothy in the New Testament. I'll just read it to you. But in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul says to Timothy, who was a young pastor, pastoring the church in Ephesus, Paul says to Timothy, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So these are the witnesses to this. God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and teaching. Paul says to Timothy, preach the word in season, out of season, whether it's popular or or unpopular, just preach the word. And here the Lord says the same thing to Jeremiah. You say everything I tell you to say. Don't diminish a word of what I tell you. And then in verse 3, the Lord says, if they turn from their evil ways, then the Lord will change his mind about the calamity he will bring upon them because of their sins. God offers mercy here. He offers grace for their sins, just as he offers us mercy and grace for our sins through the blood of Jesus Christ and through the cross. 
Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. God tells us in the gospel, he tells us that there's a judgment for our sins. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. He offers us mercy. He offers us grace. That's what God offers the people of Judah. And he says, perhaps they'll change. They'll turn from their evil ways. And the Lord will withhold his his judgment. Now, the Lord knew that they would not change their minds. He knew they would not repent. He knew they would not grab hold of that mercy and grace he's offering. But Jeremiah didn't know. And that's key. Jeremiah didn't know. God wanted Jeremiah to preach the message with a sense of hope. He wanted Jeremiah to preach this message with a sense of expectation that they might listen. They might repent. God will spare them of judgment. God doesn't tell us ahead of time who will believe the gospel and be saved and who will reject the gospel. He doesn't tell us so that we have hope every time we talk to someone about the Lord. Every time we share the gospel with someone that that maybe they'll get saved. Uh, my oldest son is playing soccer this year, and he had his first soccer game uh, yesterday, and they won 3-2, to two, in case you're wondering. But after the game ended, the two coaches of the teams, they wanted their kids to have a chance to practice goal kicks. And so after the game was over, the two coaches picked five players from each team, and they lined them up to do a shootout, as if the game was tied, just so they would have the practice of that experience of having a shootout at the end of a game. The goalie for my son's team, when he was in the goal, he didn't even try to stop the ball. He just kind of stood there. And when somebody from the other team would kick the ball, he maybe would kind of put out his hand like that and you know, do one of these things. But he was not trying at all. Why not? The game was over. It didn't really matter. It didn't really count. And so this guy wasn't really putting forth any effort because there was really no point in his mind, to even try. And I share that story to say, if we knew ahead of time who was going to receive Christ and be saved and who wasn't going to receive Christ, how enthusiastic would we be about sharing with people that aren't going to be saved, that aren't going to receive Christ? We wouldn't even really put any effort into it or try because they're not going to accept Christ anyways. What's the point? And so the Lord doesn't tell us. So that every person we talk to, potentially, perhaps, could be someone who accepts Christ. And so we have this hope and we have this expectancy that they'll be saved. To Jeremiah, the Lord says here, hey, maybe they'll turn from their evil ways. And I'll withhold my judgment. He says that for Jeremiah's benefit, so that Jeremiah has a sense of hope as he's preaching these words to the people. 
Now in verse 4, the Lord tells Jeremiah exactly what to say. And you shall say to them, thus says the Lord, if you will not listen to me to walk in my law, which I have set before you, to heed the words of my servants, the prophets whom I sent to you, both rising up early and sending them, but you have not heeded. Remember that phrase, rising up early, means that God sent prophets to them very early on when they began to turn away from him. Then I will make this house, verse 6, like Shiloh or Shiloah, and will make this city a curse to all the nations of the earth. And so God's message here is if they will not listen and turn from their evil ways and begin to walk in God's law, then he will make the temple in Jerusalem like Shiloh or Shiloah. Again, remember, he's saying this in the temple to people that are religious, who are going through religious motions and going through religious ceremony. And he says to them, you need to turn and start keeping my law. God's message to them is that if they don't turn, then he will destroy them in the way that he destroyed Shiloh. Now, for those of you that maybe don't remember, Shiloh is where, uh, after the children of Israel came into the promised land under Joshua, they set up the tabernacle at Shiloh. And Shiloh was the religious center of Israel for over 400 years. And so when people wanted to worship God or go to the feast, they would go to Shiloh, to the tabernacle, to worship Yahweh there. You may remember the story of Hannah and her son Samuel, Samuel the prophet, 1 Samuel. Uh, That all takes place at Shiloh, at the tabernacle. In 1 Samuel chapter 4, God brought judgment down upon Shiloh. The ark of God was captured by the Philistines. The, The priests were killed and the glory of God departed. God's presence departed from the temple, Ichabod. God left and he abandoned the tabernacle and he allowed it to just be destroyed ultimately by the Philistines. If you want to turn with me over to Psalm 78, verse 56, talks about here in the Psalm how they, God blessed them, blessed the children of Israel. And then verse 56, yet they tested and provoked the most high God and did not keep his testimonies, but turned back and acted unfaithfully like their fathers. They were turned aside like a deceitful bow, for they provoked him to anger with their high places, that's where they worshipped idols in high places, and moved him to jealousy with their carved images, their idols. When God heard this, he was furious and greatly abhorred Israel. And so he forsook the tabernacle of Shiloh, the tent he had placed among men and delivered his strength, that's his people, into captivity and his glory into the enemy's hands. He also gave his people over to the sword and was furious with his inheritance. The fire consumed their young men and their maidens were not given in marriage. Their priests fell by the sword and their widows made no lamentation. This is what happens to to Shiloh, it's, it's a dark mark on the history of Israel. When God departed from them and God just turned them over, so to speak. 
And God now in Jeremiah chapter 26, God promised to make the temple in Jerusalem like Shiloh if they continued to not listen to him and walk in his ways. So this is the message. It's a very short message that Jeremiah declares to them. Now look at verse 7 back in Jeremiah 26. Here's the response of the people. So the priests and the prophets, that would be false prophets, and all the people heard Jeremiah speaking these words in the house of the Lord. Now it happened when Jeremiah had made an end of speaking all that the Lord had commanded him to speak to all the people, that the priests and the prophets and all the people seized him, saying, you will surely die. Why have you prophesied in the name of the Lord, saying, this house shall be like Shiloh, and this city shall be desolate without an inhabitant? And all the people were gathered against Jeremiah in the house of the Lord. Didn't go so well, did it? (laughs) The people, led by the priests and the false prophets, were angered by Jeremiah's message. They seize him, and they want to kill him, this angry mob. Now, when Jesus makes his final journey to the city of Jerusalem, that last time when he's crucified, in Luke chapter 13, if you want to flip over there quickly, Luke 13, Jesus, as he is coming over the top of the Mount of Olives and he can see the city of Jerusalem, as he's coming and approaching the city, he begins to weep over the city of Jerusalem. And look at what he says in Luke 13, 34. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate, the temple, and assuredly I say to you, you shall not see me until the time comes when you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus is weeping, he's sobbing, convulsing, as he sees Jerusalem, and he says, you who killed the prophets and stoned those who were sent to her. That was always the response of the people to the prophets that God sent to them, to warn them, to try to get them to turn back. Ultimately, God sends his son, and they crucify the son. They kill him. They don't want to hear it. It's been this way throughout the country's history, throughout the nation's History. They always killed the prophets and those that were sent to them. At the end of verse 9, it says, All of the people were gathered against Jeremiah in the temple. So this angry mob lays hold of Jeremiah. And verse 10, When the princes of Judah, so this would be the political leaders, when the princes of Judah heard these things, they came up from the king's house. Notice the the geographical reference here. You go up from the king's house to the temple. And they sat down in the entry of the new gate of the Lord's house. And the priests and the prophets spoke to the princes and all the people. So the, the political leaders, the princes, they hear the commotion of what's going on in the temple. They go up to the temple. It says they sit in the gate. That's where the, the judges would sit in the gate when they were going to have court. So this angry mob has laid hold of Jeremiah. They're about to kill him. The political leaders come, the judges of the city, they come, they sit in the gate of the the temple. That's where they would sit. 
to hold court. And so now they're having kind of this impromptu trial for Jeremiah. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor Dan, we invite you to visit our website, calvaryec.com. There you'll have access to our library of previous messages available to listen to online or download to take with you on the go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Each time we post a new teaching, you'll get a notification and be able to listen right away. We're so blessed to be able to provide you with insightful messages taken straight from the pages of God's Word. We pray you've been encouraged today by what you've heard. We'd like to take a moment to ask you to partner with us as we continue to build this ministry. God is using programs like Ring of Truth to share the message of the gospel through a virtual mission field. Now, more than ever, people are being reached through radio and online teachings. We're so glad we can be a part of it, and we're eager to see where God will take us next. Would you join us in seeking God's will for this ministry? We'd also ask that you keep our listeners in your prayers, that they'll be open to how God is speaking to them. We know God listens to the prayers of His people, and we appreciate you partnering with us in this way. Thanks for joining us today. We encourage you to take the things you're learning in this study and apply them in your daily life. In our next edition, Pastor Dan will continue teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Jeremiah, here on Ring of Truth. See the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and what I know because I know his voice and it only takes Rings true.